0: My name's Evan Kutzer with Kutzer Farms in Atkins, Texas. Uh, You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
1: Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin.
2: Hello Texas, we've got another week rolling and we've got another episode rolling of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me, buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, texas agriculture in the news today inflation is everywhere we look especially on the farm just about everything that we use is going up in price in our recent trip to washington dc we visited with texas senator ted cruz about that very topic He says he's very well aware of how inflation is affecting Texas farmers and ranchers. We'll have that story coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
3: The grain and feed industry is a large part of Texas High Plains agriculture. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll learn about an organization that represents that industry.
4: A Texas congressman is honored by the nation's largest farm and ranch organization. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have a report on the Golden Plow Award presentation on Texas Ag Today.
5: The Coastal Bend cotton acres have declined due to drought. This is Harvey Buring reporting from the Corpus Christi area.
2: We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Inflation is felt throughout our economy, all the way down to inputs on the farm. On our recent trip to Washington, we visited with Texas Senator Ted Cruz, who told us he's well aware of the problems that inflation is causing Texas farmers and ranchers. Well, i tell you, farmers I'm hearing are, are worried about inflation, and you're seeing the cost of running your farm, running your ranch going up on every front. You're seeing the cost of feed going up, the cost of fertilizer going up, the cost of just about everything, seeds, pesticide, everything the, the cost are going up and up and up and, and the inflation from Washington is a real problem. Uh, every time the government spends trillions of dollars, prints trillions of dollars that we don't have, the result is it drives up inflation, and that, that means Texas farmers and ranchers are hurting. Uh, and, and we need to rein it in. We need to stop the out-of-control spending and to live responsibly so that your prices that, that you have to pay every day don't keep going up and up and up. Cruz says he's heard Texas farmers and ranchers' concerns about the increased rules and regulations from Washington and proposals to increase taxes on capital gains and death taxes. As planters continue to roll across Texas fields, having a weed control plan in place is more important than ever this year, with so many uncertainties that farmers are facing. BASF agronomist Adam Hickson of Lubbock says farmers need to make sure they understand what weeds they're dealing with, what soil types they have, and how much water is available.
6: For example, you know, if you're in a situation that's a dry land or, let's say low water, Uh, irrigation, you don't have as much water for irrigation, maybe a good choice is Outlook in that case. It activates really easily. Uh, If you've got a little bit more water um, for activation of a herbicide, Zidua is a great, great tool um, for that. So I'm really encouraging growers to target, you know, specific situations with specific solutions, right? And so we know we may not have Outlook for every acre, or we may not have status for every acre so we really need to make a targeted approach as to okay i have this much status i have this much outlook or whatever herbicide of choice and where am i going to target that
2: hickson says farmers must be proactive this year because the most expensive herbicide treatment is the one that doesn't work because it wasn't used at the right time
6: so if it doesn't go out right at the right time um, then it's going to be extremely costly Um, both from a weed control standpoint and then from a dollar standpoint as well.
2: BASF's Adam Hickson in Lubbock. The grain and feed industry is a large part of Texas High Plains agriculture. James Hunt visits with an organization that represents that industry.
3: This past week, Amarillo was the site for the 107th annual convention of the Panhandle Grain and Feed Association.
7: We currently have about 150 members. Uh, We kind of represent all aspects of the feed and grain industry in the the Panhandle and South Plains, from the elevators, the co-ops, we have quite a few farmer members, uh, feed yards, uh, other cattle companies, you name it. We're kind of all-inclusive.
3: That's Stephanie Davis, a proteins trader with Atterbury Grains and immediate past president of the Panhandle Grain and Feed Association. Davis says the association focuses on philanthropic efforts, donating to organizations like the High Plains Food Bank, Snack Pack for Kids, and Cal Farley's Boys Ranch, and also helping to educate future ag leaders.
7: We do $3,000 scholarships to Texas Tech WT, Eastern New Mexico, South Plains College, and Clarendon College.
3: A lot of good being done by the Panhandle Grain and Feed Association, even as its members face challenges like the current difficulties with transportation.
7: The higher fuel prices have made the truck side of it very difficult. The guys that can stay in business are trying, but I mean, that just makes our cost of transporting these goods much higher. And the rail business, since we've kind of Ever since COVID pretty much slowed down a lot of things in the world, um, the, the railroad is having a really hard time at catching back up. and uh, Not to beat on our, our friends at the railroad, but they're uh, really making life difficult for everyone, regardless of uh, what business you're in. If it ships by the railroad, they just can't get the crews together and major, major shipping delays. And I know uh, they're trying to, to remedy it, but it has caused a lot of problems for our industry at this time.
3: Once again, that was Stephanie Davis with the Panhandle Grain and Feed Association. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: The nation's largest farm and ranch organization honors a South Texas congressman. Tom Nicoletti
4: has the story. The American Farm Bureau Federation and Texas Farm Bureau presented U.S. Representative Henry Cuellar of Laredo with AFBF's Golden Plow Award. The Golden Plow is the highest honor the organization gives to sitting members of Congress. Here is American Farm Bureau President Zippy Duval.
5: We recognize the people that are supporting agriculture through their votes, and Congressman Cuellar has been a hero for American agriculture in trade, in waters of the U.S., Overregulation, so many things he has helped us fight to make positive things happen on the farm. It's really about making American agriculture sustainable
4: for the future. Texas Farm Bureau President Russell Baining also praised Congressman Cuellar's work in Washington, D.C. on behalf of farmers, ranchers, and American agriculture.
0: Friends like that, they understand our issues, they work with us, they listen to Texas Farm Bureau, they listen to American Farm Bureau, and really they're just a friend of business, a friend of agriculture. Early on in his career, he was on the House Ag Committee. Now he serves on the House Appropriations Committee, the Subcommittee on Agriculture. He has secured funding for things that are important to agriculture, things like fever tick, farm bill. Also, he's been a tireless supporter of trade. When the trade deals needed to be tweaked or redone, USMCA, for example, he was a champion for that.
4: Democratic Representative Henry Cuellar serves Texas Congressional District 28. He was honored to receive the prestigious Agricultural Award. You know, when you have an organization like the Farm Bureau, it's well-respected. It's one that has tradition, has history. So to receive the highest award that they can provide, and, and I'm glad that they do it bipartisan, Democrat, Republican. It's very humbling. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: Some Coastal Bend cotton farmers are losing their crop this year due to drought. Harvey Buring has an update from Corpus Christi.
5: Well, a lot of dry-planted cotton occurred right ahead of the April 15th planting deadline. Farmers had been waiting for some replenishment rains that could bring moisture to those acres so that they could get their cotton crop up. When that didn't occur, they dry-planted and For many of those fields, they have now been totaled out for the year, unable to establish a stand before the 1st of May, and that has caused some decline in our cotton acreage here in the coastal bend. Oasis County only expected to lose somewhere between 10 to 12 percent of their acres. A little different in adjoining counties, San Patricia County estimated at around Twenty to twenty-two percent of their cotton planted acres may have been lost uh, due to failure to establish a stand by the first of May. And over in Jim Wells and Clayburg County, to the south and west of the Coastal Bend, conditions very dry, and they are estimated to have as much as forty to fifty percent of their acres plowed out or. Uh, lost due to failure to establish stands this year. So it'll be a tough year on our ginning industry in the area, but we need, need some timely rain for the surviving crops. And sorghum production here in the Coastal Bend, also our second biggest crop. Normally, half of the cropland acres go to cotton, half to sorghum, and a scattering of corn acreage in between. The narrow road sorghum looks fairly good in many locations at this time. Much of that crop is getting up to about knee high and certainly could use a rain, but has been helped by cloudy weather here in recent weeks. The corn crop, some of that early corn crop, starting to show the effects of drought. Some of it very short, only about hip high, and some of those fields trying to tassel not a great deal of promise in the corn-planted acres if we were to get a rain in the next few days. Reporting from the Coastal band area, this has been Harvey Buring.
8: Registration is already underway for a challenge that rewards dove hunters with a chance to win one of many prizes. I'm Jessica Dolmol, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag today.
2: And disease of the suspensory ligament in horses is common. Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Did you know the farm and ranch share of the U.S. food dollar is only 16 cents? The Stevens County Farm Bureau is recognizing this food connection with a special event on Wednesday, May 11th. Stop by United Supermarkets on West Walker Street in Breckenridge. Bring a non-perishable item for our local food banks or make a $5 donation and you'll receive a hamburger. We're connected by our food. Stevens County Farm Bureau thanks you for supporting
1: agriculture and local farmers and ranchers. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Disease
2: of the suspensory ligament in horses is common. Dr. Bob Judd says it can be a very serious condition.
9: Proximal suspensory ligament desmopathy is disease of the proximal or top portion of the suspensory ligament. The disease can occur in front or back legs, but commonly affects the horse's back legs. The suspensory ligament is one of several structures that are on the back side of the cannon bone and supports the bony column. The ligament begins at the top of the cannon bone on the back side of the leg and ends by dividing into two branches that attach to each small sesamoid bone just above the fetlock. There are several factors that can contribute to disease of the ligament, and Dr. Sue Dyson indicates in the horse publication that a straight hock conformation has been shown to increase the chances of the disease occurring compared to horses with less straight hocks. The disease develops with inflammation and tissue damage of the suspensory ligament, and the disease can be somewhat difficult to diagnose and treat. The condition is usually diagnosed with local nerve blocks and ultrasound, and treatment is usually rest, anti inflammatory shockwave therapy, and possible surgery. Dr. Dyson found in her study that horses with a larger hock angle than 165 degrees were susceptible to this disease. Warm-blood horses were more susceptible, as were horses involved in dressage. It is possible this could be related to genetic selection for diagonal placement, a repetitive strain injury superimposed on a degenerative condition, Continued work on artificial surfaces that are not always ideal or work surface characteristics that are incorrect. For this reason, it is not a good idea to select a horse with a hawk angle over 165 degrees. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Registration is already
2: underway for a challenge that rewards dove hunters with a chance to win many prizes. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report.
8: Dove hunters once again have the opportunity to further research on invasive species for a chance to win a prize, like a new Polaris, fishing trip, or more. It is all part of the Texas Dove Hunters Association's Banded Bird Challenge. Each year, the association catches invasive Eurasian collar doves in Texas and places orange-numbered bands on one of their legs. They're then released. During dove season, when dove hunters bag those birds and call in the numbers, the association is able to gather valuable data on the invasive species and their habits. Bobby Thornton, co-founder of the Texas Dove Hunters Association, joins us for more. Eurasian
4: collar dove is an invasive species to Texas. It's not one that has a season to its own by federal restrictions or federal guidelines. We want to conduct an infield study. There are some good studies out there on the life expectancy of these birds and things like that, but we want to do an infield study that tells us where these birds are headed, why they're moving, and how far do they move, and if they move. Texas Parks and Wildlife does a tremendous job administering the federal program for white-wing and mourning dove, but the invasive species of Eurasian collar dove isn't being addressed from an in-field perspective, so that's kind of where we have come in to take on that responsibility.
8: The Banded Bird Challenge officially kicks off in September, but hunters can register early for a chance to win a new shotgun
4: we expanded the early bird to be April 1st through July 15th.
8: Those who register for the challenge before May 31st receive double their chances to win in the early bird drawing. You can register at bandedbirdchallenge.com. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domo.
2: The cattle market closed on both sides of Unchanged on Monday, while cotton and grains closed lower. We'll check out all of Monday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Hi, this is Kerry Martin with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. You know, I've spent my entire life in agriculture, and I know how stressful farming and ranching can be. Things like the economy, finances, and the weather all increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. That's where the Texas Stress Helpline comes in. I want you to write this number down, 833-897-2474, 833 833- 897-2474. Have you experienced problems like rising costs, market fluctuations, family conflicts, or extreme weather? Are you feeling stressed and defeated? It's okay to ask for help. I want you to call the Texas Stress Helpline. Here's the number again. 833-897-2474. That's 833 897 2474 or if you can't write it down right now just remember you can go to farmlifehelp.com that's farmlifehelp.com the texas agri stress helpline even the toughest people need help sometimes do me a
1: favor don't wait call today we're giving you the market information you need on texas ag today
2: the cattle market traded both sides of unchanged on Monday. That's how we ended up closing. With the nearby contracts higher, deferred contracts close lower. June live cattle up 80 cents to close at 133.55. The August up to 135.37, while October live cattle dropped 25 cents. To close at 142.62. Same thing on the feeders. The nearby May was higher. It was up 25, 159.80. While the deferreds are lower, August feeders down 47, 174.22. September feeder cattle down 72 cents at 177.22. Cash fed cattle market all quiet on a Monday, as we usually see. Of course, we wrapped up last week selling cattle at 140 to 141 here in the Southern Plains. Up north, we saw live prices at 145 to 147. Dress cattle sold at 232. Boxed beef was mixed on Monday: choice up 457, 259.01; select down 81 cents, 244.25. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble.
6: Let's get old auctioneer Troy to sell this one for us. As we talk to Jim Wheeler from Attisco's Livestock. he sells them every Tuesday. Jim Wheeler, how did that last Tuesday sale go in Pletton? Ended up with
0: 4.05. Uh, Market's still holding up pretty good. Uh, Cow market was steady from last week, so pretty decent all the way around.
6: Walk the pins with us.
0: 151 steers, 140 heifers, 86 cows, and 18 bulls. Steer side, two to three weights, a dollar sixty to two dollars. Heifers were a dollar fifty to a dollar eighty. Three to four weight steers, a dollar fifty-five to a dollar ninety. Heifers were a dollar forty to a dollar seventy. Four to five weight steers, a dollar forty-five to a dollar eighty. Heifers were $1.30 to $1.65. Five six weight steers a dollar thirty five to a dollar seventy. Heifers were a dollar twenty to a dollar fifty five. Six to were to seven weight steers a dollar twenty five to a dollar Heifers were a dollar fifteen to a dollar forty five. Seven to eight weight steers a dollar fifteen to a dollar thirty five. Heifers were a dollar five to a dollar Eight to nine weight steers ninety five to a dollar twenty. And the heifers were eighty five to a dollar ten.
6: What the calves have on them?
0: Uh one forty six yesterday. Best best Packer Cow brought eighty five bucks. Best bull brought a dollar nine. Uh, sold bread cows anywhere from 500 to 1150, and we kept one uh watusi pair together. She brought 670.
6: What do you think this next Tuesday is going to be about?
0: Oh, we've got a little chance of rain tonight and tomorrow. Uh, that will kind of determine whether we have 300 or 500.
6: Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you.
0: Reach us at 830-569-2516.
6: Jim, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye bye, neighbor. That's walking the pins here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network work i'm larry marble and i'll see you tomorrow
2: thanks larry back over to the futures market now we're lean hogs closed lower monday may hogs dropped a dollar dollars 87 cents. june hogs down 280 101 30. class three milk was lower may milk down 29 cents 24 72 100 weight June milk down sixty-six at twenty-three eighty a hundred. The cotton market closed mostly lower. Rain in the forecast for West Texas and the Southern Plains putting pressure on prices. July cotton down sixty-eight points, one hundred forty-two ninety-three. October unchanged at one thirty eighteen, while December was down eleven, closing at one twenty-three sixty-three. Good planting weather in the Midwest, pushing corn prices lower as corn planters get rolling all across the corn belt. May corn dropped seven and three quarters, seven eighty-four and a half. July corn down twelve and three quarters, seven seventy-two a bushel. September corn down thirteen cents at seven twenty-nine a bushel. The wheat market started out sharply higher Monday morning. However, by the time we got to the close, we were lower on both hard and soft wheat. July Kansas City wheat down six and a quarter, 1164 and a quarter. July Chicago wheat down 15 and three quarters at 1092 and three quarters. In the energy markets, June natural gas dropped a dollar two at 702. June crude oil down 755, 102.22 a barrel. The financial markets sharply lower Monday afternoon. The Dow down 619 points, 32,279. The NASDAQ down 508 points, 11,636. The S&P down 128 at 3,995. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name's Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state on the planet,
1: Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today.